Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Uh, we are in week three of our launch initiative. Now, if you haven't been here, if you kind of missed out, we are in the middle of basically a, a generosity initiative. We believe that we are at a point in our history, uh, unlike anything we've ever been in before, that God has placed us at this specific time and that he wants to do something incredible in us and through us as a church. This brand new building is a big part of it, but we believe that this new building for us is a starting line, not a finish line. Uh, and we believe that it's a launch pad into something new and bigger that God wants to do in us and through us. And so we've really been praying and seeking God about what is it that he wants to do through us? How is it that he wants us to, to give of ourselves so that we can go faster, further, and really just launch into our community to make God accessible to everyone in ways that maybe we never have or couldn't before? And so it, we've been talking about this over the last several weeks. We've shown some Several videos uh, sharing stories about the life change and transformation that's happened here in our church um, as a result of what God's doing through the ministries of Compass. Uh, and, but just as I was reflecting and thinking about, um, about all this stuff and where we want to go as a church, I realized this. If, if we want to create a, a clear picture of where we're going, I really think it'd be helpful for us to kind of take a step back and look at where we've been and look at what God has already done uh, through the ministry of our church and I'll say one of the coolest things that God has done through Compass, uh, particularly when he kind of refined and honed our vision about making God accessible to everyone, is he, he really changed our heart about becoming a church that multiplies. And um, one of the, things, the coolest things that he's had us do is plant a new church last year. And so, I mean, Compass, yeah. So Compass had been around for four years. We're five years old right now. And a year ago, we felt, actually two years ago, we felt like God was putting on our heart to multiply and to plant another church here in town, which, I mean, if you know anything about church planting or new churches, it, it's just stupid, okay? You just don't do that. Um, but, but we felt like God wanted us to do it and felt Amen. like God was, God was leading us to do that. Um, and so we did. And, and last year, a little over a year ago, we planted Nexus Church, uh, and they meet here in town, and God's doing incredible things through them. And so today, I thought it would be awesome if we could hear um, from the, the planting pastor of Nexus Church. So would you just join with me in welcoming Stacy Lux, pastor of Nexus Church. Good morning. I'll tell you what, did he pay you to cheer like that? That was, that was wonderful. Thank you for making my day. And honestly, since I, I didn't get to step into the finished building until um, today um, because I had seen it two weeks before you had finished it, and it looked completely different. So, wow. And it was so nice to walk in today and see all these familiar faces and get hugs from people and encouragement from people that I haven't seen in a long time. What an amazing thing Compass is. And I know because we've been a part of Compass for many years, um, since the, almost the beginning. My husband and I were on staff, uh, if you don't know, um, as children's pastors here, and, and Lewis did some tech stuff. And I'll tell you what, this is what it feels like. I feel like a college kid that's been surviving on ramen noodles. And today I came home for a home cooked meal. <laughs> So thank you very, very much. So I'm just going to kind of give you a little update on what's going on at Nexus. Um, and before I do that, I want to um, <clears throat> tell you a little story. So I, uh, I um, moved into a new house a couple, few months ago. And 
along with my new house came a new set of washer and dryer. And they're wonderful. They're great, except for it's probably the most frustrating thing I've ever had to do with is getting my laundry out of the washing machine because it's so big and it's so deep that I can't reach those like few little socks that get left down in the bottom there. And I get so angry. I'm like, ugh, because I'm bending over and like tippy-toeing trying to get in there until a good friend of me introduced me to laundry tongs. <laughs> so these stay in my laundry room right by my, my detergent and no more angry, no more angry Stacy at all. I just get down in there and I, I pull out those socks and instantly my arm is longer. And I tell you the story today because Isaiah 59 says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. And I love this because as Compass has launched Nexus a year ago, and there's ministry being that's happening on the other side of Bloomington, and here you guys here are on this side of normal. The long arm of God, the long arm of God can surely save. And the long arm of Compass is, the, is an extension of the long arm of God that's reaching more people for Jesus. And so I just want to share that with you. So if you have the same problem, now you know. Laundry tongs. There you go. So... So I'm reporting to you guys now, I, I don't know exactly how long it's been, but we launched uh, a little over a year ago. It's been a little bit more than a year. Um, and we initially launched Nexus in the Ministry Center. So if you've been over there at the midweek place where a live student ministries has met, that's where we were meeting on Sunday mornings. And just recently, in the last couple of months, we've got our own building and things are happening and it's exciting. Um, and maybe I can show you our launch team. So when we first launched, we were at Normal Community, and this was our launch team. And they were excited. We were excited, like scared, but excited. I think they were more excited, and I was more scared. But we were ready to go, and we had no idea what God had for us. But we knew it was going to be good. And why did we do it? Why is Compass a church that launches churches on the other side of the town. Why can't we all just stay together? There were some tears involved in this process, let me tell you. And maybe some of you guys cried some tears over it too because we want to be together. But why did Compass do this? I, I believe that I love, I love our church because, and, and the kind of the situation is because literally you guys are like a baby, brand new start, start church yourselves, launched out of First Assembly five plus years ago. And, and being a four-year-old already launching a church. And we have this wonderful family of churches now, a grandmother church, a, a daughter church, and a baby church. <laughs> and I love that we get to do ministry together. It's great because there's more hands doing more work. I believe that uh, the, the heart of your pastors are to be a church that plants churches. So that because one church, what can one church do? It can add growth right? But if you plant another church, you're multiplying growth, and it's just exponential. And I love the heart of your leadership here. I'm so grateful to be a part of this team. We get the question a lot, though, what sets us apart? Why did we launch Nexus? And God kind of got a hold of our hearts. Uh, it was actually Lewis that um, was the first to say it out loud when we got the call. He said, Stacy, I think we're supposed to start a church. And I said, I kind of feel that too, but 
who's going to do the preaching? And he goes, you are. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you for that. And so that caused all kinds of turmoil inside of my heart because though I knew that I could do it, I, I kind of thought that I probably couldn't. So it's been a process too. And I'll tell you what, I just had a conversation uh, with somebody the other day about being a, a female uh, preacher and they're like, how do, you, how do you deal with that? Do you, how do you answer to people when they kind of question that or wonder what that's all about? I said, you know what's interesting? I don't even think about it anymore. Like, that's not even a thing. So I'm moving right along. It's pretty great. But from the very beginning, God gave us this great big vision to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken. We wanted our church to be a place for those who aren't always accepted in the church, God gave us a heart for the LGBTQ community to serve orphans and to serve widows and to serve single moms and to serve those who are going through drug addiction and are homeless. He called us to show his love to all races and all cultural backgrounds. It was a tall order and it was this crazy dream that he put in our hearts. We're like, we just want to do it all, you know, all those things we want to do because they're on our heart. But God said this. He says, I'm calling you. And we knew, we knew, we knew that it was from God. We knew that it was, just, it was specifically for us. And we knew that God was saying, do it now. And so we said yes. We had all kinds of ideas how we were going to do it. And it, I think it takes a lot more manpower and a lot more money to do all the things that we envisioned to do. Some of our visions for what, uh, how we were going to play out, what God was calling us to do to reach this, these demographics were huge, and we couldn't really do it, and we're still in the process of figuring it out. And there were times when it just is like, are we going to be able to accomplish it? But we remained faithful in the day-to-day -day ministries. And just like in Finding Nemo, Dory, she goes, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I have found myself on multiple occasions singing that. <laughs> I remember even Terry encouraging me one time saying, success is in the long game. She said, here's the key, just don't give up. Just keep doing it. So each week we've kept doing Sunday morning church, even when attendance was low, and we'd all stare at the door hoping that at least one or two more people would come in the door, and then pushing the countdown back a few more minutes, like 10 minutes. We can start 10 minutes late just so somebody else would show up. And uh, during the week we would care for the needs of the people that God entrusted to us, and we'd constantly pray for direction and for guidance. We continued writing and perfecting those sermons each week. Preaching once in a while at Compass was like, I got time to plan for this. But that was a whole new thing for me. But going and watching yourself on live stream and taking notes and going, ooh, I could do so much better. Learning and growing and taking notes and building confidence. We've continued meeting with and encouraging our young staff members and equipping them for ministry, they're rocking it. Lewis and I have just plugged away working our second job in order to pay our bills. And then it's been wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> wash, rinse, repeat. I got a little laundry theme going on here today. I don't know what the deal is. 
but that was the vision and it's our heart. We did nothing strategically to call the people that have come in through our doors. They just came. And why is it? I've asked myself and I've asked our team this. Why is it that we're surprised when, this, when people come in through our doors that are broken and hurting? We prayed for them to come. Specifically for them to come. He is answering prayers. I'm so grateful. Broken people have just showed up. And so I'm going to run through. I'm going to tell you a couple stories of some people in particular that God has blessed us with. And I'm going to first start with this guy. His name is Albert. So Albert started coming to our church about six months ago. Walked in the door. And he was um, not really sure what to make of it. Had a lot of questions about God and, and the church and what we believed. And he kept coming. And after a while, we kind of noticed that... Um, he was coming in a little intoxicated sometimes, and uh, he shared with us that he had a long history of drug abuse. And, um, but he was always very kind and never, never really asked for anything, but you could tell that he needed, he, needed, he needed stuff to live and to get by. He needed rides, and he would walk to church and um, ride his bike sometimes. And uh, he would always ask us, can I take the trash out? So it became Albert's job, because nobody else wants to take the trash out at church. Take your trash out, help your leaders, and clean up your church. But Albert <clears throat> would clean up, he would take all the trash out and put it out in the dumpster for us every Sunday after church. Never asked for anything. Just a sweet, kind-hearted guy. And then we started noticing, it was really cold out, that it was hard for um, him to get to church, and we would try to give him rides whenever possible. And then he went missing for a while. We found out he was staying at the mission um, downtown, and that he was homeless. He would sometimes make it to church, and he'd have a big duffel bag of all the stuff that he owned. And he would never ask for anything, and we would always offer to give him rides and to feed him and, and help him out. And one day he didn't show up, and we had found out through the grapevine that he was in the ER because they found him in one of the lakes in the town because he was strung out and had ended up somehow in a lake and near-death experience. Um, so I reached out to him. And I was like, what are we going to do about Albert? I said, Albert, do you, would you be willing to go into a program to help you get on your feet? And he was like, well, what, what do you mean? And we talked about it, went over and over it. I said, listen, here's the deal. We, if, we could, if we could get you clean and you could pass a drug test, we could get you into this amazing program. It's 13 months long, but you'd have three hots and a cot. And you'd have people who love you. And um, so we were, we're talking about this program. If you ever heard about Teen Challenge in, in Chicago, it's an amazing program, uh, Christian-based program. And so I was talking about it. He was unsure, and, but he was thinking about it. And this is about the same time when he came up to me. He goes, I've been coming to your church for so many months. He goes, I want you to know I've never believed in God, but as of three weeks ago, that's, that's not the same anymore. I believe in God. And he starts reading his Bible, and he's getting into God's Word and sharing with me things that, that God has uh, taught him and questions about what God's Word said. And it came, I had um, three other people living in my house because that's what we do. We have people live in our house and come serve and do church with us, and we'll, you can live with us, and we'll feed you. So, so um, this one girl, Aubrey, was on her way moving out, so we had an open bedroom. And I said, Louis, I think it's going to be hard for, for Albert to get off drugs unless he's in a safe environment. Can he come and live with us for a couple of weeks? And Louis is like, we're just getting rid of somebody. <laughs> 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 so
so he said yes, and we talked to Albert about it, and he was like, really? You would do that for me? And we're like, yes, we believe in you, and we love you. So we took him into our home, and I'll just tell you the shortened version of it. He immediately started doing laundry, and he told me, he goes, I haven't done my laundry in two years. I'd just been kind of washing it in sinks and stuff. He goes, thank you so much for letting me do this. And he took a shower right away. And then um, the next day he goes, man, I'm thinking about taking another shower. And I said, you can take as many showers as you want to, and all the food in the refrigerator is yours. Help yourself to it. And he's like, wow. And he would do the dishes and take out my trash. He was so grateful, so thankful. I didn't know what to expect. I have to prepare myself when I get myself into these situations, having somebody that I don't know super well and inviting them into my home. But I'll tell you what, Albert was nothing but a blessing, nothing but a grateful heart. And so um, we actually took him and did all the application, and he got accepted into the program, which was huge. He, like, passed his interview and everything. And they only take people who really want to go all out and to really change. And so um, I, we took him up in front of the church, and the church raised the $1,300 in order to pay for his 13 months in this program. And we drove him to Chicago. And I remember the moment where he passed, he passed his drug test. Yay! <laughs> and we were worried a little bit about it. And, uh, and, um, and then we had to say goodbye. And I felt like a mother dropping her son off for college. So sad. A part of my heart was breaking, and I didn't want to see him go and not be a part of our fellowship anymore, but so proud. What a great moment. And so Albert's been there for about four weeks now, and I just got a letter from him, and I just want to read to you what he said. Ugh, this is only a part of what he said. Um, maybe God used you as a vessel. Maybe you're just a really, really great person. I definitely believe that I'm exactly where God wants me. Everything has led me to exactly where I am now, but, I, but it, wouldn't be it wouldn't be possible without the church. I'm back in the van Sunday morning on the way to church. It's become a habit of mine to pray for Nexus Church at 9.30 Sunday morning, praying for the new people this morning, praying for their ears and hearts to be open to being touched the same as mine and the same as the rest of the church. Kind of funny, I'm quoting a Bible verse to you, showing off a little. <laughs> Heard something the other day about the Lord seeing it as pleasant to keep his words on the mind and tongue. There's more, but that's what God's doing. And since then, we've had at least one drug deal at our church on Sunday morning. And then my heart starts breaking for homeless people. So always by Walmart, there's somebody there with a sign. And I was driving out of Walmart and uh, a couple, about a month and a half ago, and there was a, a woman standing there with a sign that says, homeless, anything will help. And I didn't have any cash on me, but the, the light was red, and so I was stopped right in front of her. I'm like, don't make eye contact. And the Lord goes, roll your window down. I was like, Lord. So I rolled my window down. And I was like, hey, um, I just want you to know I'm a pastor of a church. It's called Nexus Church. It's over there by Alpha Graphics, you know, by the Constitution, Constitution Trail. We meet at 1030 on Sunday mornings. If you meet me there tomorrow, 
because it was Sunday the next day. If you meet me there tomorrow at 10.30, I might be able to do something to help you. Light turned green. I said, bye, and I drove off. <laughs> I do this all the time, so I didn't expect her to really come because they never do, you know. She showed up the next Sunday, and I was like, hey, woman on the side of the road. I'm, she's like, hey, crazy lady in the car, you know. And so... I showed her around, and I said, I really wasn't thinking very straight. It was kind of rude of me um, to tell you to come at 10.30 because I have to go preach right now. Service is about ready to start. I said, but I can meet with you after service if you join us. And so she's like, okay. And so she went into service, and after service was over, her name is Sherry, I found out. <laughs> and Sherry um, was in tears um, after service. The Lord spoke to her, and um, she had been out of church for quite some time and had a lot of questions, and we met and talked. She ended up texting me later on in the week, and she said, hey, I wasn't completely um, open with you. She goes, I was talking to you about my boyfriend. Well, my boyfriend isn't really my boyfriend. Um, uh, she's my girlfriend. And so I just want to know how do you guys deal with um, homosexuals in the church? Will we be accepted? Will we be welcomed in your church? And I was able to say, absolutely, you are welcomed at our church. We will love you. There is a place for you. Again, prayer, prayers being answered. And so we got to meet Sue. And Sue hadn't been in the church for 15 years because she had had a bad experience in her past church. And we're getting to take, we got to take them out to eat and love on them and talk to them and minister to them. All because I rolled my dumb window down. <laughs> Let me tell you about Romeo. Romeo messaged us. I think he got our, our information off of the internet. He might be going through all the different churches, so I imagine that Chris probably has talked to Romeo too. But Romeo was asking for some help. He said he was homeless and had some needs, so I was able to meet with him and give him some groceries and uh, pick him up for church a couple different times and minister to him. And now um, I, I'm, he's still a work in progress, but the neat thing is, is that it changes my heart. It changes our church's heart to be able to see people. Like, don't just drive by them, but to see them and know their names. I know Romeo. And we get to bring groceries to the Super 8 where people are living, meals to the sick and the recovering. Uh, we already did one marriage of a couple who um, had a long time coming. They had kids, and they were ready to be married. And so we just said, let's just make it happen after church. So we had one wedding already, and in two weeks, a family that's been with us for a long time are getting married as well in our church. Husbands are coming to church. Wives who have been pray praying for their husbands to come to church for years are coming and getting connected and finding Jesus we raised over $10,000 last year for missions. That's a lot for us. <laughs> That's a lot. Let me tell you where it went. Yeah, clap. <laughs> um, where, let me tell you where it went. Um, we have good friends, Gail and Neville, in South Africa that run Jackson's Ridge. It's a Christian campground, and we hope to be taking an, another missions trip there in 2020. But they're fantastic, and they came and spoke at our church last year, and we were able to raise $5,000 for them. And then Jeff and Abby Hunt, also in South Africa, heard from Gail and Neville that we raised $5,000 for them. So they came and spoke at our church, and we were able to raise um, some money for them as well for their ministry in a very, very impoverished poor area of South Africa. 
Then um, my husband and I get the opportunity to sometimes take some mission trips as, as videographers, and we went to Tanzania and met uh, the Julians at, in, uh, on Mafia Island. And they have a real problem with prostitution there, and the women there can't make a living unless they sell their bodies. And so this church that's planted there, uh, Pastor Julian and his wife Mary, um, are making a sewing room to teach a trade to the women so they don't have to prostitute to make money. And so we were able to raise all the money that they needed to completely finish the sewing room and get it all set up. Do we have a picture? And then we've joined together with you guys to do Royal Family Kids Camp. And we've joined together with you guys as we've bought presents for foster kids for uh, the foster tree. And we got a picture, I think, of that as well. We did seven baptisms out at Moraine View State Park. That was an incredible time. That's what it's all about. And we got a new building, and it's scary because... I don't know how we're going to pay the bills and keep the lights on, but God is good. And, and it's exciting to have room to be able to step inside. You guys know this, right? To step inside and have a lobby. So we have that and room to grow. Um, we have a new stage and a new sign and our kids' church. And maybe you can see a picture of kids' church there too. And then we did vacation Bible school at the ministry center which was awesome. We did an uh, Easter explosion because we have no green space, so I'm so jealous of you guys. But we figure out creative ways to make eggs explode out of contraptions. <laughs> so we did a trunk or treat, and we did all-nighters for the kids, and we started a youth group a few weeks ago on Wednesday nights. We were just waiting for Compass to get out of the building, so now we're, now we're on track. And we've done camp. And since we've moved into our new building in December, we've tripled in size. Okay, so let me do this really quick. So it's exciting to launch a church. Launching is awesome. On the outside, it looks amazing. But the reality is, is that we have hard times. And there's times of discouragement. And we want to give up and we want to call it quits. We struggled with whether or not we misunderstood our calling from time to time. I personally struggled at times in the beginning about whether or not I should preach being a woman. Um, there's been several moments where Lewis and I have felt like we've had all the life drained out of us and our ministry and our church and our team. And we had to get those paddles out and apply an electric shock and say, clear, to get the church's life back again. These moments have been, though, our toughest moments. They have been our greatest growth moments spiritually for us. I tell you some bad stuff. You want to hear some bad stuff? Because this is good. I just want you to know, I love hearing bad stuff about people because, like, especially people that I really admire that seem like they have it all together, and then they tell me their struggles. I'm like, yes, they're normal. <laughs> so here you go. Here's all the bad stuff. We lost half of our core team uh, several months ago. It was about 18 people that left um, all at once. And for a church that was running about 40 people on Sunday morning, 18 pe people felt heavy, and it was really hard. Um, our minds ran wild. We were privately, um, there were a lot of tears flowing. 
Uh, we tried to keep our chins up and just move forward, constantly wondering who's going to leave next. Don't answer that text. Don't look at your phone. Somebody's leaving. We didn't want to answer the phone. But God said to us in those moments in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And then there was the moment when um, one of our core team members, Nina Gordon, found out that she had colon cancer. And this was really tough for the whole church because when one of us hurts, we all hurt. And her husband, Seth, really took it hard and um, threw him into a, a, real, a real tough time. And it became really clear why I had gone, can, gone through cancer myself. God keeps throwing cancer people my way. But God's word told us this in Jeremiah 30, 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. And we are seeing her healing even right now at Nexus Church. And then just a few weeks ago, this has been a really tough one for us, but my husband, Lewis, who is a musician and does videography, and he relies on his ears quite a bit for what he does, is, has been starting to lose his hearing. And we couldn't get any answers, and the doctors weren't really being able to give us much. Um, he's still praying for a healing for that one, so you can continue to pray for my husband. But James 5, 14 through 15, as we have gone to God in prayer, like we have never gone to God in prayer <laughs> in our lives, this scripture came to us. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. These moments have upped our prayer game. Our pre-service prayer time, just laying hands on one another and praying for those that are struggling. We've seen not only healing uh, in the physical, but we've seen in the supernatural. We are seeing his hand and his miracles and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not only, um, not only physical healing, but we've had healing from anxiety and depression and broken relationships and the stronghold of sin. Guys, we are the church. And God's not calling us to an easy life. I know you know this. You've probably heard this before. God's not calling to us to a life of comfort. His call is to love the world even when it hurts. His call is to serve those around us even when it's inconvenient. He calls us to bring the light of salvation to this dark world. And if not us... Who will? This is what it means to launch. And I'm telling you, as someone who has just launched, <laughs> thrilling, new, exciting, fun, terrifying <laughs> to be out there. And Isaiah 6, 8 says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. We had this little slogan um, after we went through some tough times and we're trying to regroup and figure out, you know, who's going to do what and um, kind of chin up and the broken heart. 
we came up with the slogan, there is no nexus without us. Can we put that picture back up of our sign? I think it should be easy to find. There is no nexus without us. And we thought it was really clever. We'll just make the us a different color, you know. It'll go along with our slogan. But it was a reminder for us to remember that every single person is important in the body of Christ. Everybody unique and gifted and, and made for such a time as this. There is no nexus without us showing up consistently, being there, being an encouragement, going all in, helping us financially, serving, helping to clean and take the trash out. There is no nexus without us became our slogan, but I think we could also say there is no nexus without compass. We're so grateful for you guys, for having the vision, for your leadership, for your pastors, and having the vision of saying, yeah, take 30 people and go do it. <laughs> there is no nexus without us. There is no nexus without compass. But I'd also say that there is no compass without you. You, whether you believe it or not, have a specific and unique calling that is crucial in the body of Christ. There is no church in general without bold Christians living out their faith every single day in their worlds. Guys, this building is not the church, though it's beautiful. <laughs> The programs that somebody puts together throughout the week that are all ready to go for us on Sunday are not the church. You are the church. When it gets tough, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Don't give up. Be all in for what God has called you to. Be all in. Let's do this. Won't you just stand with, with me and let's... Let's just pray. Let's just pray about what this next step God has for our church. God, help us, both of our churches, Nexus and Compass and a family of churches, as we launch into this next season that you have for us. God, they're not our plans. Lord, whatever it is that you want to do. Lord, help us to hear your call on us as a people to not just attend church, to not just walk into a building every week, but to actually be the church. We pray for encouragement when our hearts get discouraged. We pray for the resources in your hand on, on your ministries here, Lord, when resources seem to get low. We pray for your hand on us as we face difficulties and uncertainties. Lord, give us your heart to reach the lost and the Romeos and the Sherry's and the Elberts of this world. Join us together, churches on opposite ends of the city, to make an impact for your kingdom. Strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us and launch us into this next season with joy and expectation. We love you and we pray this in your name. You guys can grab a seat. Our hospitality team is going to come, and, and we're going to give you guys an opportunity to give in just a moment. But as they do, um, I just want to talk to you a little bit, um, just to kind of tag on what Stacy had been talking about. 
our vision as a church is to make God accessible to everyone. And I remember a couple years ago um, where God kind of put that in our heart and he kind of shifted our whole direction as a church. Because making God accessible to everyone, the word everyone is a big word because it means everyone. It doesn't leave anybody out. And, uh, and God just kind of put into our heart, how do we do this? How do we make that possible? And rather than trying to look at ourselves as compass, saying, how do we become all, all things to all people? How do we become everything to everyone? We realize that's just impossible. And, and we felt like God just said, you need to be the one or two things that you can do best to the people who you can reach best by being those one or two things. But what you can do to reach everyone is you can send new churches, you can send new visionary leaders like Lewis and Stacy to start new bodies, new churches in our community and around the world to be who they are to reach other people. And what I love about that is, is there are people who love Nexus, who God is, is reaching and transforming there, who would come to our services and hate it. They would, they would come hear my preaching and they'd go, ugh, yuck. Some of you guys might go, ooh, yuck. <laughs> but Terry does a good job in our kids' ministry. But, but the fact of the matter, my wife's just said true. That's, oh. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is this, is that, is that God has called us to be uniquely us to reach the people who he's designed us to uniquely reach. And churches are the best way to do that. And so I can tell you this. We're in a launch generosity initiative because we want more nexuses. And the reality is, is that nexus is an extension of our ministry as a church. Nexus is an extension of Compass. And, and, and what's, uh, Stacy, for you, I want you to know this. And I want your people to know this. Compass is an extension of Nexus. And so when you talk to your people, size doesn't matter. Building budgets don't matter. We are an extension of what you are doing because God has called us to partner in this. And I believe that God has called us to send more people, more churches, more planters. And that costs money. The reality, let me, let me tell you something. We are not in it for the money, Okay. That, that's never been our thing. We're not in it for the money. But without the money, we're not in it. Without the money, we, we're not in it. We cannot do what God has called us to do. We cannot send who God has called us to send. We cannot be who called it, God has called us to be or reach who he's sent us to reach without the resources to do that. We're not in it for the money, but without the money, we are just not in it. And that's what this whole thing is all about. It's our way of saying, how can we start now to dig deep so we can go faster, further, at the very beginning of this new stage in the history of our church, thinking what new ministries can we start? What new people can we reach? What, what is the next church that we are gonna plant and where is it? And who are the leaders who God is asking us to send or to resource? And just a really quick story I wanna tell you about. I'm, I'm very excited about what God's doing through launch. I hope you're, you are too. So I wanna share a story, maybe some things that you don't know, but um, we have, we have a friend, I've been talking about launch with everyone who I can possibly talk about it with, and I have a friend who doesn't go to Compass at all, and, and I was just sharing with them kind of what God's doing in our church, what God's doing through the building, you know, some of the stories about who God is reaching and the lives that are being transformed in the ministries of our church, and I told them about launch and how we're going to be, um, you know, doing this thing where we're asking everybody to dig deep and give of themselves and make pledges um, to do that, and over the course of two years, we're asking people to, to give towards a certain amount that God is putting on their hearts. And I kid you not, in that meeting, right there on the spot, he pledged $50,000. He doesn't go to our church, but he believes in the vision of Compass because he sees it, even from the outside. He, he would hate our, he'd come to our service, he'd hate it. 
He would hate our music. He would hate the way I speak. He wants to sing hymns. So he needs to go somewhere where they can do that. And that's great for him. But he believes in what God is doing through our church. He can see it. And he's willing to put his money where his mouth is because he wants to extend what God's doing in us to other lives. And I believe that God wants to do that through us as well. And so on April 7th, we are going to have our Ignition Sunday. It's the first Sunday to kick off our, our, our giving for our launch pledges. And here's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to be asking everyone to, to not only that Sunday be prepared with the pledges that God has put on your heart. Be praying over these next several weeks. God, what would you have me do? What are you asking me to do in this? And then on April 7th, we're going to come and make our pledges. But, but we also are doing our Ignition offering. And that's this. We want to give as much as we possibly can of our pledge as fast as we possibly can. So for example, uh, let's say God has asked you to give $50,000. Okay, this is just the number we just talked about. So I'm putting that out there. God asked you to give $50,000. If you could write a check for the whole thing, then write that check on Ignition Sunday. Let's say God's asked you to give that much, but he's put in your mind it's a weekly or monthly pledge, and you can't do all that on one gift. That's fine. But we want, we want everyone to give as much as they possibly can of your pledge that Sunday to just knock out as much of it as we possibly can. And here's my, here's my dream and my vision for that Sunday. This is what I believe God wants to do and what I believe is going to happen. I believe it's going to be the biggest single offering that we will that we've ever taken in the history of our church. And so I'm asking you to prepare. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to budget and make your plan for how we can make April 7th a, a literal monument to what God is doing in the history of our church and a launch pad to launch us ahead so that we can go further faster in our community and around the world to see life transformation exactly like Stacy described so that we can see more Alberts and Romeos transformed so we can see more missionaries sent and we can see more churches planted. We can see more lives transformed here in our church like we've been seeing in the videos that have been showing at the end of our services. Let me tell you this, God is doing something in our church and he's calling us to be part of it. He's calling me to be a part of it. I've, I've shared this, this will be the biggest offering that Terry and I will ever give in our lives. This is the biggest pledge that we've ever made towards a church. I'm praying that God will ask you to do the same. And I believe this, where he leads us, he will provide. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Where he calls us, he will provide. So let me pray and let's give and then we'll let you guys go. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in Nexus. Lord, I know that the road can be tough because we walked it as a church ourselves when we launched it. But God, I am amazed at what you are doing through Stacy and Lewis and the people who are part of that church. And God, I pray that you would multiply everything that you're doing in them. God, I pray that you would encourage and lift them up. I pray that you would provide financial resources and spiritual resources and people, God, who get the vision and Lord, who are there to lift them up and continue to move that church forward. And I pray, Jesus, that they would grow and that they would impact lives in our community that we couldn't impact because you've called them to be them. Lord, I pray that as we give today that you would bless everything that's given, that you would bless it towards your mission, towards your vision, God, so that your kingdom would come lives to be transformed, God, and that you would be made accessible to every single person in our community through this church, through Nexus, and through whatever churches, whatever ministries are to flow out of us together, Lord. We love you. We pray in your name. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.